Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kerbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice and Gav Buckland. We're here to look back at the Blues' FA Cup victory against Lincoln City, look ahead to the draw, and how important the FA Cup is to the season, and whether January can be of help to that. Um, chaps, heavy weather in the end on Saturday. Um, after 14 minutes, I thought we were in for some sort of ATV Erdning esque 22 0 thumping of the lower league opposition. The naivety of but, um, <laughs> Indeed, didn't quite turn out that, but we're through. Yeah, that was the important thing. I mean, uh, it, it was heavy weather. I've been banging a drum about this ever since because to me it was never a free kick uh, that got Lincoln back into the game. You know, I thought Mina was very harshly dealt with and but for that set piece, I think it could well have been, you know, maybe not ATV earning style, but it could have been a comfortable stroll. But, you know, they put a good quality free kick into the box. Pickford was so unlucky, great save. And then, you know, no one reacted quite quickly enough. And nerve setting, uh, full full credit to the Lincoln supporters for creating a wonderful atmosphere and creating that edge of tension. Every time they crossed the, uh, the halfway line, they got so excited. And that put people on the edge of the seat nervously rather than excitedly. Uh, and it was, you know, all in all, it was a relatively uncomfortable afternoon. But how many saves did Pickford have to make? Not that many, to be fair. There were, you know, crosses into the box. There was one Richarlison had to head out from like three or four yards off his line. There was nothing really to get that worried about. It was slightly closer than we would have liked. But it was a win. It was relatively comfortable in the end. And we're in the next round. Gav, where do you sit on this one? Is it, you know, what we're through? We're through to the fourth round for the first time in a couple of seasons. That should be the focus. Or are you concerned by the fact that yeah we controlled large chunks of the game but there was always that that Set lingering thing, threat yeah. and we were giving away free kicks and corners and yeah, it's, it's it's not it's my birthday the uh, normally around the last weekend in January so normally I've had quite a few spare birthday weekends last last few <laughs> years so the effort of spot it you know uh, by getting through to the next round yes Penno's uh, points there I mean I think it was possession was 75 25 in our favor something like mm-hmm. that um, second half in particular, they got nowhere near us until they, they sorted through the kitchen sink and us last five or ten minutes, which you would expect. Uh, their support was was excellent. Um, what I would say, just generally, uh-huh, wasn't the best performance. But if you have, if you have a look at our results against slower division opposition in the F, in both cups over the last say the last five ten years, at Goodison it's tended to be two nil, two one. You know, like those type of games you saw on on Saturday. Um, where when we've gone away from home, we've handed out a few, few hands. I mean, I think it's been a couple of five ones. Five one at Scunthorpe. We had the yeah. five one yeah. Monday night game. It was a four 0 Was that Stevenage or something like that? Um, but ironically enough, against those type of teams, you're better off playing away from home. Where you get a, maybe a little bit more space. So we should be um, thrilled as Millwall away. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, in that context, it was. Wasn't too dissimilar to some of the games we've seen, a lot of the games we've seen in cup matches against lower division opposition. They're top of the 
the fourth tier. They're obviously a decent team, decently coached. Um, and put all that together and say that happy to be into the, the next round. And I'm not, not particularly worried about it. I would pan out on the day, to be honest with you. Uh, speaking about the fourth round draw, uh, for those who aren't aware, obviously Everton will play Millwall uh, at the uh, at the Den. Is it the New Den? It's the New well, Den. Sorry, it's, it's quite old now, but it is, it is still called <laughs> the New Den. Yeah, as opposed to the original Den, which um, was quite some place. One of our <laughs> colleagues, um, Sam Carroll, messaged me when the draw got announced, worried. That's it. FA Cup runs over. I said, no, mate. I'm very, very pleased with that draw. I wouldn't say very, very pleased, um, but it could have been a lot, lot harder. Why, why was he so concerned? Too? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't understand. They I are think 19th it's... in the championship. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they've picked up a little bit of late, but you know, the, you, you always want. I, I was banking on Accrington. I wanted Accrington because of the lower status, because it's a ground I've never been to. I wouldn't have minded uh, taking that one off the list. Um, but you know, Millwall's not nothing too troublesome, you would hope. Uh, provided you know Marco goes about it in the way that he went about Lincoln and picks you know saw a very strong if not full strength starting eleven full strength won't he? exactly as soon as you see Jordan Jordan Pickford in the starting lineup you think great you know so he's treating this properly uh, and I had, I was absolutely delighted with the uh, the team that he put out there you know the the couple of changes that he made uh, you know were justified you know because Lucas Dean needed the rest and Lincoln Baines was excellent absolutely excellent uh, Richarlison has looked a little bit leggy of late as has Andre Gomez you know so. Yeah, that they needed the uh, the break, uh, but if he goes about it the same way he went about, you know, the Millwall trip, this is the way he went about the Lincoln game. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be in the the last sixteen and praying for a, a decent home draw. Then, yeah, because that's what I was saying before. Sometimes you're better off playing these teams away well, from home. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, because you, you'll have more space. You almost think, last yeah. time we played there it was a bit streaky, wasn't it? it was a one more But you almost think that people will look at the fixture and how on paper and, and to an extent in reality perhaps it wasn't as comfortable as it maybe should have been on Saturday and go Millwall at home against Premier League opposition and yeah. then actually this will work in our favour yeah I think it does I'd rather play I'd yeah. rather play away from home um, I think as I say you get more space and, and the pre- pressure in the strains you know, in, in front of their home support is, is a bit more on them isn't it really um, I'm talking talking us into the fifth round here. So yeah, and there's I don't have any Premier League teams left. There's a fair few Premier League teams. There are a few. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've the Premier League team, and that, that it opens up a little bit. Um, I think six more go out this round. Yeah, so we so. can't can't complain really. It's in our own hands, Indeed. and um, no complaints. So hopefully they'll make me birthday worthwhile, like you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Ball in his column uh, today, Preno, uh, rather. Well, typically hard hitting from Ball. Yeah, yeah. uh, said the league, as far as he's concerned, is done and dusted. Any hopes of the top six are over, so the season effectively hinges on the FA Cup. Do you agree with Borley? Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I very rarely disagree with Borley. To be honest, he's a you know he's a former player, but he, he speaks and writes like a fan. You know, he has a season ticket at Goodison. You know, uh, not one that's given to him by the club, one that he pays for himself, and he, he goes and um, you know sort of enjoys the games. Most of the time, um, you know, so he sees it from a fan's perspective. Um, uh, yeah, I agree entirely. I mean, there's a possibility of, you know, getting up into seventh place and, you know, that could then be Europa League qualification. And I know that's a different argument entirely. I still think that is a prize worth chasing. Some people don't. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, the FA Cup has to be the absolute priority. And I was heartened, actually, by what a lot of people had said, you know, like Marco Silva had said, you know, prior to the game, clearly, 
you know, so Bill Kenwright Farhad Mashiri had got into him and told him, look, you know, this is very, very important, this competition. And, you know, 37,900 in the ground that day indicates that clearly it still is. OK, they reduced the prices for it, but it doesn't matter. You know, so the FA Cup is a, a wonderful competition. And I know, you know, people of my age, some of my happiest moments watching Everton Football Club have come in the FA Cup. You know, that 84 Cup final was just such a special day, you know, so occasion, you know, absolutely wonderful. But my son, you know, who was like still in his early 20s, still gets the FA Cup. You know, he's a really, you know, so excitable about it. He was like hanging on the draw last night. He wants to go down to Millwall, you know, so he loves it. So it's good to see. Is that the, your influence though, Preno, no, I don't, no, I don't the think generational so. thing? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, you know, th- there are a generation of Everton fans that see it as an opportunity to win something. And, you know, that's what they cling on. And, you know, if Everton played a weakened team in the next round, they would be genuinely upset and quite rightly so. So yeah, I agree entirely with Bowley. You know, it is a competition that we need to absolutely prioritise. And, and, and Preno Gav mentioned the excellent attendance and, you know, prices re- reduced, but as you know, as you would expect for a third round against yeah. low. But I, I, you know, I, I sort of uh, fleetingly mentioned it in the piece after the game. Marco must must think, you know, the sense of momentum that a run could actually build, goodwill, <coughs> credit going into the summer, and he must think that it's an opportunity not to be missed on several fronts. Keeps the season alive. Um, yeah, it's nothing worse than those blank yeah. weekends, isn't yeah. it? The January and February. Yeah, and, the win, and we've had plenty of opportunity. I think it's oh, third, yeah. third yeah. round. We've gone out three of the last four years. So yeah. keeps keeps league games interesting. You know that we need that to keep that momentum going on. We've got what two is it between now and the third round? Mm. So fourth round. So it, it keeps everybody alive, doesn't it? Around around the club rather than finishing up, just basically fighting for seventh and. It was interesting, wasn't it? Like a lot of feedback over the weekend, as there is every season about teams putting out, uh, clubs putting out weekend teams in the FA Cup. And the ones who've been panned the most have been those sorts of mid ranking Premier League clubs. Where it's their only chance for any sort of glory this season, of which we are one of them. Yeah. And in that context, it was good to see us going for a little bit. And I think, if anything, we may go for it even more at Millwall. I, well, I, I, I would I, imagine. I would absolutely, yeah, as Prenos alluded to, he has to yeah. go full strength at Millwall. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, and why wouldn't he? Yeah, I think they've got, a, they've got a league game, I think, at Huddersfield, the, and it depends on the, uh, I think that's a Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, so it's depend, in, yeah. in between the weekend and, the, and transfer deadline yeah. day, yeah. So, um, it keeps everybody talking and there's something to look forward to, isn't it? And and, and I'd say it was our highest third round attendance for 40, 41 years on, uh, mm. on Saturday. And, and, you know, we say, like, oh, Places were cut, but people have still got to get get out the house and get down there. Have the will you know? to go, and yeah. And um, I think um, it was all positive for me. And it, it, as far as the FA Cup's concerned, it's it's still positive after last night's draw. And if you get through, all of a sudden you get through. I don't want to like talk ahead, but three wins from Wembley, Gaff. yeah, you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. You smell the hot. What was it, Gordon Lee's one? Smell, smell the hot the dog, <laughs> hot dogs, whatever it was. But, but equally, another yeah. argument is that rather than talking about the importance of the FA Cup, the the fringier players that uh, Marco brought in at the weekend, none of them, Leighton Baines accepted, a notable exception did much to suggest that they deserve to be back in for the next round. I mean, yeah. Tom Davis was hauled off a half-time, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, OK, he was involved in Bernard's goal, but didn't do a great deal else. Uh, they didn't really enhance their claims. Adam Ola-Luckman's a case yeah, in point. Luckman, yeah. Started well, did OK in the end. 
I don't know what Dion Dublin was watching on Match of the Day Saturday night. Outstanding performance. Got to be back in the team now. I think he was watching the potted highlights. Th- just yeah. a bit, yeah, because he went missing for a long time. I don't know how to look. I think that's, that yeah. was understandable given he's, he's, he's been out injured. I don't yeah, think yeah. that's a slight on, on Luckman. But as you say, we're going to get carried away just yet. You know, no, he needs no. time. He's got come. quality, but yes. that quality tends to be shown as an impact sub. You know, and he was an impact player for 20 minutes and then, you know, faded for a little bit. So I suppose the the task for Adamola now is to produce it consistently, not game after game, but through in a match, mm. you know, so for 80 minutes, 85 minutes, you know, rather than just little flashes. Just one, one further point from Saturday, which may be worth mentioning. Preno, he's mentioned about uh, Pickford. Do you think he should have come for that cross? Well, it was put to Marco at the end yeah. um, and Marco, in his as is his way, is reluctant to single out players f- yeah. f- for criticism. But he didn't say, no, I think he did fine so yeah. you 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 take it's a good save that. I was just you know when I watched it again I was thinking he's, he's having one of those spells isn't yeah, he where yeah. you know under an awful lot of scrutiny and you know yeah. he's made one or two okay. errors and people are starting to look at him even more closely yeah. now it, if he he, was a, he's a young goalkeeper yeah. he will make errors and he will learn from them you know provided he's not making the same mistake week after yeah. week which he isn't there seems to be something different every time because the two words that came out of uh I was at Cobbebs on, uh, on Saturday that I've been here for a while. The zonal marking, wasn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> God, and, yes. Uh, which, thankfully, we've not heard for, for three or four months. It was interesting. Not that we've been that... keeping a load of clean sheets, by the way. No, though. no. But I think it was just interesting to see how we, we matched them up, wasn't it, on mm-hmm. corners that we appear to have the, uh, you know, our biggest guys against their smallest guys and our smallest guys are against their biggest mm-hmm. guys, weren't they? And that, that's still something that's a work in progress, isn't it? And... and they they are a set piece team, Lincoln. I understand, and uh, they they took advantage of that, didn't they? And mm. that's something you know when you talk about Millwall that being incessant. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to be totally honest. I don't know how Neil is it Neil Harris is still in charge at Millwall. I don't know how he, yeah, how Millwall operate. I, you know, traditionally we'd all think it would be up and under, yeah. crazy gang esque. Yeah, you know, but perhaps it's a little bit more refined to be in the championship. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, it would be interesting to see what they're. I mean, that's talking ahead of it. We'll have, we'll have a pod before then. What their priorities are as well. Man. Exactly. Like, they're well, they're getting too yeah. close to the championship yeah. drop zone for yeah. comfort, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. So they could arguably make changes. Themselves. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. um, incessant. Yes. No. Um, just gonna stay with with Ballis Colin because I think it, it, it's brought up quite a number of really interesting points today. He, as I said, and we've agreed around the table in many respects that the season rests on the FA Cup. Borley has said, you know, he's not a fan of the January window and common sense, if it were to prevail, would see us not make any signings or no panic signings, nothing unnecessary. But he has suggested and he says he fully understands the sentiment among, you know, many supporters that a striker is needed. And he says, well, what about a striker to help in the FA Cup? Just, <laughs> just until the end of the season. So we've got extra bit of fire. Do they have any names in mind? Because <laughs> not, not finding those players who aren't well, cup side who are available, yeah. easier well, said than of done. Of course, but you know, is uh, is it something that the football club should be thinking about? Is it worth that loan fee and wages for six months to you know to to have no regrets over a draw, which we've said does appear to be potentially opening up for us. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, David Moyes was outstanding at that, you know, so I can think of plenty of players that he brought in, shot in. Brian McBride was the one who made a real impact, you know, so in a very short team. Landon Donovan. What's Donovan doing? Uh, Yeah, you know, so those kind of players can be out there if you're creative enough. Um, And yeah, I, I take the point on board because it was quite stark on occasions on Saturday. They were getting wide 
frequently and getting decent quality balls into the box frequently and frequently there was no one in there to get on the end of them when Cheng Tosin did finally get on the end of one he managed to miss it um, so yeah you know the it, it's chicken and egg, isn't it? I suppose you know the club doesn't want to bring in a panic buy. They want the players that they've targeted for the long-term future of the club. And would bringing a player in for six months be good for the long-term future of the club? If it is only a short-term loan, a la Landon Donovan, a la Brian McBride. I don't know who's in the states now. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Obviously. I was thinking, well, Jermaine's a phone going to Rangers, you know. I'm not sure yeah. whether he's a silver. Uh, yes, silver possibly. No, I, I don't think he's a silver profile. Is he still got? few miles left in the clock there yeah. he's only playing like a Premier League football last season wasn't mm. he the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo I mean you mm. have I mean I, I gather you know do the club have to and I'm sure they have thought about this but you know do they have to think well for the for the short term outlay to get somebody in, is it worth rolling the dice for what the FA Cup not only would bring financially, but would bring in every other yeah, aspect? It's publicity and everything, isn't it? On terrestrial TV, yeah, what, isn't what, it? Would it what, yeah. what sort of signal would it send out to everybody if in the week leading up to the fourth round, bang, yeah. a new striker comes through the door? And then we get the knocked out at Millwall, you know. The door, <laughs> like, remember who arrived in uh, winter 1983? And yeah, and scored, Gray. It, scored, yeah. scored at Wembley a few months later. Mr. Gray, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think... It, first of all, what I would say, it's a bit of a damning indictment of our centre-forwards resources that we've got at the moment. As you mentioned, the two players who played there on Saturday were both not great, shall we say. So, first of all, it's an area of concern, isn't it? It's also now become maybe our biggest area of concern. So, I think it's a, it's a, it's a more a comment on the people we've got than the people we need. Uh, I can really say what plan. I mean, we've obviously been drinking from the same... Think that because I'm, I'm agreeing with everything my plan said today, yeah. There's always a first time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Including Michael Balls, Colin, by the way, mm. yeah, because I always agree with that. I always agree. Yeah. I, in fact, I hate it reading the echo over Monday and he says all things I think I'm gonna say in the pod tomorrow, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. And and this is one of them, you know, like talking about the forward thing and that the transfer window. Uh, I, I'm with Preno. If some if a gold standard, yeah, we can't afford to miss this one comes up, then yeah. But if we're just fishing now just for the sake of it, then I don't see because if you don't think, see the point. Because you look at Saturday and you go, look, in the end, we controlled the game. But the, one of the big, the big reasons, so not one of the big reasons, it really was nervy, was that we didn't score goal number three. We had all the ball, as you said, we kept getting wide, crosses in the box. But there was nobody there to, to finish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that, and, and, and if, it, if that player is in the squad, it's, it's a comfortable, we've cruised through, no problem. It's that player in the squad. I mean, Calvert Lewin uh, had an opportunity that you know he, he could have done better scored, with, yeah. yeah, you know, which w- would have made it completely comfortable then. And we've spoken many times about Calvert Lewin. You know, we all like him, we all rate him, we think he's got a future. But you know, he's didn't have his best game at the weekend. Uh, Luckman went close, you know, a couple of times. Yeah, it, it could have been very, very different. Is the player in the squad already? I, I, I don't know. Cheng Tosin disappoints me still. I don't think, you know, I think he's gone backwards. He didn't appear to be in the box as often as he should have been at the weekend. He was outside the box, uh, looking further down the, um, you know, the, the academy system. The young lad Sims is flying at the moment, but nowhere near ready for a, you know, first team football yet. Um, in fact, the Bundesliga giants seem to be uh, nice, sort of trying to pick up all our younger players now, but they seem to be young, uh, wide players rather than, you know, sort of central yeah. strikers. Difficult one. Stay on Tosin, Gav. It's it's 
just over 12 months. I think it, it was the FA yeah. Cup third round half time and, and Tosin got announced. Apparently he's gone backwards. Do you agree with that? Yeah, this season. We scored a good goal. Was it, was it Palace who scored a good goal? It's Great just, goal, yeah. Showed pace it didn't realise he had. Yeah. You don't know what goes behind closed doors and what conversations they had, but he looks, he carries all the signs to me of a player who knows his days are numbered, so therefore, what's the, what's the, what's point? the point? Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, I know there's been talk of maybe him going back to, to Turkey, but he, he looks like a player who's, rightly or wrongly, my days are numbered here, so is it, is it, and that, that's whether intentionally or not, it's reflected in his body language, in his mm. in his, his overall play. Is he is he not a, pre, a player of Premier League standard, or is it a case of he is a victim of circumstances that he does not fit the profile of strike that Marco Silva wants? He does not. He's not a striker that will hold the ball up, run the channels, make space for others, or is it? He's just not good enough. It's a good question. I felt we'll do a podcast on that. Seven thousand word dissertation. Uh, well, he's, he's a striker. He's a striker who was bought well, by a manager that likes to get crosses into the box, yeah. and he scored the majority of his goals last season from that kind of service. Mm. He's not, you know, Everton don't play that way this season. You know, it's more, you know, sort of players interchanging. And, but then you know, again, isn't yeah. he? As you know, you think about the chances that that, that Tosin has been given and hasn't taken this season. Springs to mind Newcastle at home. You know, we we got level, and then mm. the cross comes in the box and hits it straight at Dubravka. Yeah, yeah. And you think, is that a sign of a player not good enough? Is it a, sign of a player whose confidence <laughs> has been shot, or is, is there no excuse? Sorry, you're gonna. That's what that's what you've got to do. All strikers miss chances, don't they? You know, every every. But, but, but it, what I'm saying is that, that there is an argument, rightly or wrongly, that his game is built on nothing else other than finishing. Now you can say mm. that's that's. That's wrong or, yeah. or whatever, but in those opportunities, there is a bit of Jelovic about him, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. So yeah. He can, yeah. can he afford? To, he can't afford no. to miss those chances. Yeah, but his argument would be well, that, that was a, that was the uh, that was the sign of somebody's not had enough game time for the start. He's maybe not sharp, match sharp enough. Hitting it straight uh, at the keeper yeah. from seven yards? No, just generally. Okay. Generally, yeah. Um, going back to your first question, I think there's a bit of both going on there, isn't there? Yeah. I think he's. He may be Premier League quality, but not what we want in the Premier League. Mm. And so it doesn't fit in maybe it's Premier League quality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's not the first person to come from abroad and struggle. And he, so we've been bought by one manager. It, it's always it's always a problem, that isn't it? If you get bought by a manager, then get sacked or whatever. Sam will say it is. Three or four months later, you've got you've got a big problem then, haven't you? And and I think he he's a victim of that, and there's been loads of players like that over the years. And I think you, you, you look, mentioned Yelovich was almost yeah, the same, wasn't he? Yeah. I tell yeah. you what, I loved the chat in the program this weekend of Andy Hinchcliffe uh, talking about the problems that he had. Uh, you know, the superstar at Manchester City sold to Everton, sold by Howard Kendall. Howard Kendall comes back as manager. Yeah. And uh, he was told from that day on, he said, "You're going to be sold." Uh, not by Howard, but by the players winding him up. Yeah. And it affected his game totally. And eventually he was sold the third time. Howard came back to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah, it does play with the player's mind, 100%. I, I think so. And, and I think he, he's one of, one, of, one of them. Theo's slightly different because he's been in the Premier League, hasn't he? That's why he knows the division and stuff. But and I think Chenk has maybe suffered from that maybe more than any other player in, in the squad. And he has shown signs, hasn't he? Was it was two goals at Stoke? 
both were a good finishers. Terrific you know, finishes, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. tough, really tough game. Yeah, terrific. As, as, yeah. Can you do it? Stoke. Great, Stoke. Fi- great finish um, at Huddersfield. And, and Bright yeah. was it Bright where he blew today off the air? Yeah. So he, there are signs there. But does he do enough? I don't think he does enough. That's does the thing, really, isn't that's it? it. And is it in him? I don't think it's his game, is it? You could see early season him trying, couldn't you? Yeah. You know, he, he worked his what's it's off in the early season, but then it's he was he still wasn't he wasn't doing the the graft and scoring as well to sort of keep him in the team, was he? Go, go without talking about Jermaine Defoe specifically. Is is that the type of striker we want? Hey, dare I say? Hey, that fresh fox at the box for <laughs> is, is that what, what exactly? Think... When we say we want a centre forward, what what you know they come in different shapes and sizes and nationalities and so on and so forth. What are we saying for the silver team and the players we've got at our disposal? What is the type of centre forward? The one that we, we sold down the East Langs Road. I was thinking that at the weekend. Yeah. I think if Romelu Lukaku was in this Everton team now, he'd have you know so fifteen goals already this season. The quality of chances that we're creating. Uh, we still miss him desperately. Um, you know, he, he's a, he was very, very good for Everton Football Club. I know he didn't, you know, endear himself to an awful lot of people, you know, over the last uh, last year or so. Uh, but just you know, a very, very good striker and the type of player that we need. He's got the physical presence. He's got the ability to finish. He does run the channels. Okay, the ball bounces off himself occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but you know, far better than a lot of uh, Manchester United fans will tell you at the uh, moment. He's got I, a bit of pace as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. if you look at the two things, if you look at the the striker that's come to the fore, so to speak, in recent weeks, and Marco has put more of his faith in, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, somebody who will work, run channels, hold the ball up, got a bit of physical presence. And secondly, if you look at the profile of strikers that Marco had at different clubs, Slomani at Sporting Lisbon, wanted to sign him again for Watford. Yeah. You had Andre Gray, yeah, not physically as, as, as imposing, but again, runs all day. Troy Deeney was a big player for Marco at Watford. Yeah. You know, even at Hull, he took Nias because mm-hmm. Nias isn't because he's prolific, because he works, you know, works hard, yeah, yeah. runs, 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 you know, is a nuisance, physical. And that, that for me is the type of striker that, that Marco yeah. probably wants. It's probably why Richarlison played there as well. Yeah, for bring, as long as he bring did. Nias back into the team, then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but yeah. No, yeah, so what we're saying is, is a, is a, it's different to Tosin then, isn't it, in terms of being pacey, working hard, running the channels, good finisher, perhaps. And going back to our conversation about buying something in January, everybody in the Premier League is probably after a striker like that, aren't they? And and I think uh, <laughs> yeah. that's just something about goes back to this January thing, isn't it? But it almost yeah. is it. It sounds it might sound counterintuitive, but almost do we, we do we look for a player who whose scoring record isn't sensational, but it's the sort of player that will bring the rest of the players in who we know can score goals. That seems to be the kind of player that you know Marco Silva wants, but identifying them, you know, so is the most difficult well, thing. So what I'm saying is, is yeah. it actually easy to find that player who's got a bit of quality, but effectively isn't isn't a thirty goal in a season man, but is actually just a workhorse. Yeah, but but will create chances for others. Yeah. I mean, and that's our problem, isn't it? We've only got two players who can score goals, hasn't it? Yeah. And that that that's come back to bite us over the last few games where both of them have have, have lost. I've lost, not to say lost form completely, but I've dropped off a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, everybody's fishing the same market here, and, and I agree. But that's the type of striker we need. But they don't don't grow on trees. I just think that little nibble at Jermaine Defoe could still do it for six months. I don't know. I think he's he's 
past his yeah, well, he well, well he's past his summit, which is why he's in Scotland. Yeah, he's still, yeah. of course. He's just, yeah. I was just thinking. Mm. I think in an ideal world, but we wouldn't because I think yeah. the transfer fee, I'd rather have his teammate, Callum Wilson. Yeah, Callum oh, Isn't he just exactly what you'd we, want? We, we've said that before. It was interesting we spoke about this on the pod, didn't we, about three weeks ago? And uh, Chelsea were linked with him three days later. Imagine, sorry, you know, whether there's players that are available now. Well, you know, yeah. Danny Ings was one. I thought, you yeah. would fit that bill, you know, who works hard, who, you know, scores goals, physical. Maybe it, the transfer couldn't have happened because, you know, he was at Anfield and obviously he's doing well for Southampton now. Um, I can't think of many that would be available in January, though, in the Premier League. That you know, so yeah, come I in think, and do I a think job. Jermaine Defoe, as I say, just uh, looking at in the past, I don't think he would have done it really. But it was just this sort of thought, mm, you know. But I think yeah, Wilson. But I think what we're saying is, it's going to be difficult to get anybody in in January Absolutely, that we need, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Really. Absolutely. Before we uh, finish today's pod, uh, more transfer tittle tattle. But you know, we'll discuss the merits of keeping or selling. Um, Talk this week in France, uh, unverified reports that PSG remain very interested in Idrissa Gay. Preno, if the time is right, do we sell Ghana? Uh, yes, uh, I do. Um, I'm surprised actually the PSG are so heavily linked with him. You know, I like what Gay does for the team. You know, his ball winning qualities are wonderful. I mean, you know, he out tackled and you know, so out one possession of Nicolo Kante, you know, so in the last couple of years. That part of his game is great, but it's what he does with the ball next that is so disappointing. And his distribution is, is very, very poor and his shooting ability is virtually non existent. Um, and you know, for a player in that position you need to be better at those other attributes rather than just winning the ball you know you've got to be able to give it simply to, to a teammate so seven million pounds was a bargain you know so when Everson bought him uh, but for me it's not really kicked on significantly you know from that first you know six months or so uh, when he impressed and there, there are flashes occasionally when you think wow yeah you know so he's looking a player again and you know that balance I like between him and Andre Gomez but if we are going to improve as a football club and you know start troubling the top five or six we need to be better in quite a lot of areas of the team actually you know so we won't go into them all now uh, but certainly that is one of them I think you know so we need a ball-winning midfielder that is capable of using the ball. You know, Schneidlin did a great for six months and then went missing. Gay started well, hasn't kicked on. Somebody that can do it, you know, so more extensively than that. So it depends on the, you know, if, if they come in and make, make a decent you know, offer. Yeah, I'd be tempted to accept. What's a decent offer, Gav? Um, an offer. To be honest, how old is he? 29? Yes. Yeah. So if you're silver, you're thinking, I've got, what's he got? So I've got a three-year deal. He signed, well, yeah. the new deal that he signed in October 2017 that was announced in February yeah. 2018. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it was a five year deal. So Silver's got a three, four year deal, say. So, so, well, like, Gay's 29 now. The end of my contract, it's like the way managers, I would imagine, think. The end of my contract, I'm still here. He's going to be 33. He's not going to be anywhere near the team. So, therefore, I think, if get, bear in mind, we bought him for 7 million. So, he's going to be. It's going to be off the books, hasn't it? Because we'd be very, that transfer fee would have gone through the accounts. Uh, virtually, anything we make now is a profit. We got, and, and that's setting aside, trying to know what Penno's saying about his ability. Even, I think even if he was a better player, mm. you know, he could pass the ball and stuff like that, you'd be thinking, at 29, we get a decent fee. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't hope then that, yeah. that, that, that that is a result. And isn't, isn't that actually weave into a, again, it's a pod in itself, 
a new strategy at the football club of selling players at the premium price, possibly at the peak of their careers, to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brands has said that, hasn't he? Mm. You know, I think he said that to you and stuff a couple of times. Is that that's it's it that that you know the importance of selling players at at the right price is is is, is a key part of your business. And, and I think this is a classic example where I'd be disappointed if he didn't go because we wanted too much for him. And I, I think. If it is Brand's decision working with Silver, I don't think they put themselves in that position, to be honest with you. I think they'll see this as an opportunity uh, and a chance to to rebuild with a younger team with different attributes, as Penno said. Yeah, he was a player that Marco Silver inherited, you know, so he wasn't somebody that, you know, he actively brought in. And there is, it's becoming an art in modern football now, uh, you know, so buying players and, and selling them on, as we saw with Dominic Solanke uh, this week. And I'm convinced still... Incredible, incredible I'm, business. Oh, that. incredible. And mm. I'm convinced still that that's why Chelsea bought Ross Barkley. You know, I, I still don't think yeah. that that was uh, done with a view to... Okay, he improved you know, the squad depth, uh, but I don't think he was ever considered as a, a regular first-team starter. I think he was just seen as an incredible bit of business that you know, they couldn't turn their back on. Yeah, and, and I think this, this falls into that category. I mean, I think and there's advantages to the player, obviously, as well. And uh, I think that hopefully that, that may happen. Not, not because we want to lose him, but I just think it is good, hmm. good business. Indeed, uh, chaps, thank you very much for your company today. Uh, thank you for listening to the uh, Royal Blue podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, rate and review us uh, on the iTunes, of the Acast app as well, and please do that. Uh, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.